Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It is November 4th, 2020. Coming to you on a Wednesday here, uh, day after Election Day. Still don't have the final result, but we think we're uh, honing in on who the winner is here. It's been kind of a crazy last 24 hours or so, but uh, it's been fun. Along with a good weekend of football the weekend before, so it's been an exciting time of year. Let's uh, head over to Minnetonka, bring on the other member of the pod, Crabber, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Like you said, boy, whew. talk about a roller coaster. I mean, talk about uh, blood pressure and anxiety last night, and just the the swing of emotions is just from the the election altogether. Watching it, but also the the, the betting markets. If you followed those, I, I that's the one thing I like the most out of anything. When you in reference to these elections, is especially the you know the main election for president. It's just watching these betting markets just crazy. I mean, you could you know, Pinnacle, which is Probably one of the sharpest books in the world globally, I think, as most people would agree, or at least, you know, top one or two or three. But they were uh, dealing some off-market numbers where if you could have uh, taken both sides and got a good arbitrage in there and against three or four other books, just, I don't know, just super fascinating, I think, and watching everything come in. It's just, uh, yeah, pretty pretty fun night for sure on, on last night and then moving into today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of weird how it seems like football is – a week and a half ago now, but the Monday night game was only two nights ago or whatever and had the full slate on Sunday. It was uh, pretty exciting for the most part. So might as well uh, get into that and do a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right. So how'd you do in week eight there in the NFL, Rob? You know, like you said, you mentioned, it's like, yeah, a week and a half. It's about right. That's what it feels like. It's just uh, everything else uh, with the election. It seems everything trumped it. Trump football. No, no pun intended there, but that's, that's what it feels like. I know I'm running on running on fumes here. Not that much sleep last night for sure, and just yeah, pretty crazy. So I kind of got to refocus here from last week. Like like you said, it feels so long ago, even though it was only a couple of days ago. But yeah, all in all, for me, pretty good week. In week what is it? Week eight NFL. Pretty good for me. I looks like my release plays. I had that loser Carolina, which we already talked about in the pod since we released it late on Friday uh, last week for the podcast. I had a loser, but then ended up going two and zero on Sunday, which was good for me. I a little fortunate there in that Denver game, uh, kind of came back. So I definitely was a little bit fortunate for sure. And then one that I kind of kicked myself about, I had it in my plays for my top five here on the pod was that giants game. Just, uh, couldn't quite pull the trigger there. I made a bet on it myself and obviously had it in my top five, but just didn't quite release it. But yeah, now back in the season, I'm getting right back at, uh, just slightly, uh, right about break even here point, but slightly, positive on my plus minus for wins and losses but uh yeah it's been a little bit of a grind to start so kind of nice to get back here and a little bit above water right right around uh water i guess but how about yourself how'd you do yeah another pretty solid week 
Um, went two and one of my release plays with a unit and a half play in my pick of the week on the Bears. I ended up losing overtime, but easily covered, uh, getting the four and a half, five somewhere in there. So, yeah, it was uh, it was good. You're waiting for uh, the you're waiting for the Saints touchdown in overtime, like I was with the, with oh, the bet on Chicago as well. Yeah, especially after I got uh, you know Knicks there late with the with Houston a few weeks ago in a similar situation. Whereas, like, okay, the Saints haven't hardly been covering at all the whole game here. And, yeah, then you expect it to finally do it in overtime when Chicago doesn't even have a chance to come back. That would have been about right. And just just barely getting over the the point spread, too. But, luckily, that didn't happen. You'd think if you put yourself in that situation enough where you're catching over a field goal in overtime games that uh, you would be profitable long term. But it certainly doesn't seem to work that way for me as often as it should have. Um, So that was nice. That was uh, kind of played out how I expected to, and and it's still crazy with New Orleans getting that win. I just think they're uh, still somewhat of a fraud. I was with you in Cincinnati. That was another never in doubter catching seven ahead the whole way. Uh, nice, nice game. Then I was just uh, kind of wrong. I remember we were watching this game about the, the Lions. That was aggravating because they were kind of keeping up with Indy, and then it's just like they kept turning the ball over, and Indy just. I don't know. It was. I don't yeah, think I deserved the win. The Detroit's defense just kind of cut out the field there on third down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the third down conversions were crazy, but it's just like everything that could go wrong did go wrong for him. And I don't want to say like, oh, I should have won the bet. And then Detroit was the right side, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think Indy winning by twenty was a little bit misleading there, and probably should have won more by like a touchdown or ten points or something like that. So. Anyway, yeah, two and one, not bad. Uh, won the pick of the week, like I said, and then went two, two and one on my five picks for the pod last week. So, still above five hundred there. And uh, with that, now I'm basically right back at even for the year as far as my release plays go. So, not uh, not all in all too bad after how it started. So, a couple of good weeks in a row, and uh, looking forward to keep it rolling here as we head into week nine and and the back half of the, the NFL season this year. All right, let's uh, go ahead to our getting the best of the numbers segment. Uh, I believe we got a couple qualifiers for that. Getting the best of the number. All right, so which games last week did the number come into play? Yeah, we had a couple both totals. I know we talked about it on the pod about weather affecting the totals here. I know you bucked one of those. Um, but, yeah, I've seen a lot, of, a lot of big line moves there for sure on the totals last week. Uh, unlike this week, it's, not, it's not, not like that at all. But, yeah. First one here, Minnesota at Green Bay. The total here opened 55 and closed as low as 48. And this one landed right on 50, 28 to 22. I know that was uh, one you were involved with there and one of your five picks. And I know that luckily, you know, you're, I think you're going to say 50 and a half when we were doing the pod, but I think there was enough 50s available. So luckily we went with that number and end up uh, get, getting that push out of there. But uh, next game, Tennessee. I, I, did, I would say quick, I think I did mention too, I could be wrong, but. I think I did mention that the weather is going to keep knocking that number down, so you might as well wait till close and and what going to close below fifty. So if you did wait till close, you got a winner on that. So even though I counted it as a push, yeah, hopefully exactly. uh, people just took that advice and ended up getting a winner on it at the at, by the end of the week. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and then second qualifier here this week: Tennessee at Cincinnati, and the total here opened fifty four and a half and closed forty nine, which again just Huge movement here, and of course we don't really see that too often. That's just a big movement in the NFL, uh, even on a totals market. Uh, but like I said, close 49, and then landed here 51, which is 30 uh, to 21 was the final. So two uh, pretty good examples here of going through those numbers. 
Yeah, and I was going to say quick. I know we talked about the weather a little bit last week, obviously those huge moves. It's kind of interesting, uh, like last week with, uh, yeah, I was a little bit worried with the Vikings Packers game and the wind definitely did affect the game to some extent. They weren't, they were a little bit more hesitant to go downfield, but they were also just having so much success. They didn't really have to too often as far as the Vikings were concerned, but it really, I didn't think it really was a deal to knock the total down seven points or to that extent. Like they were, it wasn't controlling the game per se, but then you look at a game like the Raiders and the Browns and that was like kind of sleety rain and the wind was just nuts. And like Carlson for the Raiders kicked one that was going to miss way right. And by the time they got to the goalpost, it missed way left. And so games like that where they just you know, they take the air out of the ball and it's just a slog fest, you know, it's ended up being 16-6. Like it's hard to predict exactly which type of weather is going to be which type of game. But like in that one, it looked like the total was dead from basically from the kickoff. And then you look at a couple of other games like Tennessee and and Cincy, like you mentioned, and the Vikings-Packers, where there was both quite a bit of wind, but it didn't feel nearly as dead uh, based on how the weather was. And I know it's not something you can necessarily predict before the game, but you can kind of get a feel watching the game that, uh, you know, they might have a lot of trouble and maybe the books won't adjust quick enough, or maybe you think the wind might be a little bit overblown and you get a little bit artificially low total to work from the beginning of that game. So just something to keep in mind if you're getting involved in live betting or, or halftime betting. All right. Let's uh, go ahead and jump into week nine here, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Ready to go. So, yeah, you went four and one last week, so you go ahead and go first. All righty. Um, a lot of pressure here, but uh, let's let's get after it here. We'll go in uh, rotation order like we always do in order of my likes. So let's um, – where do we want to get started here? The first one it looks like I'm going to will be uh, Chicago at Tennessee. Like I'll do every every week, I'll get my power rating number on the game, either the game I'm talking about or the game you're talking about, give my numbers, which is my strict power rating number between these two teams. Uh, Westgate look-ahead line, which is the bettable line from the week before, see how much the market's adjusted from one week of play. Then we have the Westgate opener from a side-end total perspective, just kind of we can you know, use as a gauge to see where the market's gone so far in the week so we can uh, see if we're getting any value or losing value or what have you. So. Like I said, Chicago at Tennessee. My power rate number here, Tennessee, three and a half. Look headline, Tennessee, six and a half. Westgate open, Tennessee, six and a half. And the total here open, 46 and a half. Um, for me, yeah, it's pretty simple. It just seems like this is a, a little bit steep here. Obviously, my power rate number suggests this as well. But, I mean, we're seeing some six with extra juice even on on, on Tennessee here. And just feels like I, I'm, not, I'm really not – I really don't like backing the, the Bears that much. Even last week, I really didn't like backing them. But I ended up doing it just from a value perspective. And I feel like – to me, it just seems like the almost identical situation from last week. And you got that defense uh, that seems like they're holding them in games. And I, I don't know, Foles just seems like always just been a wild card. But it, it, it's it, not that they played that well on offense at all last week. I, I'm not saying that, but it just seems like if you're going to trend anywhere, it seems like you're going to get better as as more time comes with the with the new quarterback as opposed to getting worse. So I, I don't feel like they can. I feel like the floor is kind of already there for that offense, and that defense seems like it's uh going to be able to keep them in games here. And then, you know, on the other side of the coin, it's pretty much the same handicap from last week. Tennessee just, I don't think they should be laying in this neighborhood here. Like, my power range suggests, I think it's a lot better number. It seems like it should be a, you know, three and a half, three, somewhere in there. And uh, the fact that you're catching a full six definitely just feels like uh, the, the right side there, Chicago getting the six points. So, yeah, that'll be my first play here coming in. Uh, coming in strong here on Chicago again, uh, plus six. Yeah, I'm uh, involved in that game as well. And uh, not surprisingly, we're on uh, the same side there. <laughs> yeah, well, doo doo. Yeah, totally agree. Um, 
just seems to me like, you know, like again, you look at DVOA and Tennessee's fourth in offense, Chicago's 27th in offense. Then you flip it around and Chicago's sixth in defense and Tennessee's 20th in defense. So it seems to me like you have Tennessee, who's a good offense, at least stats wise. And I think they're probably a little overvalued. I don't think they're nearly as strong. And like last week, you've been against them and I had, I put some DraftKings lineups and I stacked that game both ways and I wanted Tennessee to actually keep up with Cincinnati more and there's just the bad Tannehill that I think is actually more of who he is as opposed to the four touchdowns ultra efficient Tannehill that we've seen a lot of this year. And um I think their their offense is kind of overrated, but even so you just looking at it, it seems like the defense is undervalued in this in this situation where uh, people look at Chicago and look at how putrid their offense is, and it is pretty terrible, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, their defense has been consistently good pretty much every game. And they uh, last week they held New Orleans in check. Basically they had like one or two good drives the whole game, but they're not they're, they're, they're not giving up tons of points. Um, you know, they haven't given up more than 20 points a majority of the weeks this year, and the most they gave up was 26 last week in overtime, and that wasn't even that was kind of a weird, uh, fluky game to even go that many to some extent. So when you're talking about catching six and against an offense that I don't even have a ton of faith to keep up their a level of production, that just seems like a, a lot. So if yeah, Foles or Trubisky or whoever's in there for Chicago can get anything done at all, uh. And maybe even if they can, it could be an ugly game like they played at uh, Carolina a couple weeks ago where they won. But either way, I expect this to be close. Um, I know I went through them last week, but it's like the Bears, other than losing to the Rams by 14 a couple weeks ago, every game they played this year has been close, and any eight points is the highest out of that. So I would expect another close game here, and in that case, give me six uh, all day long with Chicago. I love that one to start off the card. Where are you going next? All righty, agreement there. Uh, so let's go. Uh, next one. This one I'm pretty sure we're not going to be in agreement on. I'm definitely not a bet I normally make. We're going to go to uh, Houston at Jacksonville. My power rate number, Houston, 8.5. Look at line, Houston minus 4. Westgate open, Houston minus 7. And the total here open, 51.5. And, and yeah, like I alluded to here, I'm actually going to be on Houston laying the points on the road, which I don't do. I, I can count on one hand probably how many times I'll do that in a couple seasons maybe even. Just not a, a neighborhood I usually go to, but to me this is just a, a very unique circumstance. I mean, for, I mean, first of all, you got Houston coming off the bye, which obviously is going to help, but it just feels like them coming here against a divisional game when Jacksonville just when you talk about that game like you mentioned before about that first week when the game that looks really fluky and throws people off the scent. Of this seems like that's what happened here with Jacksonville this year. That seems like the number one candidate, and you know now they're on their you know backup or third string quarterback, whatever you whatever you want to call him, whatever kind of caliber quarterback. But it's Oregon State, let Luton or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, so just uh you know, obviously getting a first start and then it hasn't started a game here. It just seems like a game where where Houston I, I don't know, it doesn't seem like they're that far off all week or all season. It seems like they just had kind of had bad matchups, tough matchups and just haven't been able to get the wins. You know, kind of just sometimes that's what happens in the season. And I just feel like this is a game where, you know, get right type of game where they're going to just blow the doors off of Jacksonville. And I feel like this is going to be a really comfortable win. And so right now the market's sitting six and a half. So I mean, definitely have to get it at six and a half or better. I don't like it at seven, obviously being a key number, but uh, yeah, six and a half is widely available. It looks like that's definitely the prevailing number. So 
again, not a game I usually go with with uh, laying the points on the road. But I think this is a unique situation where it justifies it. So yeah, give me Houston, Watson, and on the road here, uh, laying six and a half against Jacksonville. All right, yeah, not not involved in that one, but uh, obviously I've, I've been back in Houston a lot this year and been against Jacksonville a lot, so that's definitely the only way I would look as well. Um, definitely gonna be rooting hard for Houston to for my best ball game, so we'll be uh, at least align somewhat on that game. My next game, uh, I'm gonna head back up the card a little bit here and go to that Baltimore indie game. All right, uh, Baltimore power rating one and a half. Look headline Baltimore three and a half and the Westgate open Baltimore two and a half and the total here open forty five. All right, so yeah, I uh like I kind of allude to a little bit doing the recap. Um I I think Indy's a little fraudulent here, so I'm gonna be back in Baltimore again. I kinda of like Baltimore a little bit last week, even though I didn't pull the trigger on them against the Steelers because I thought it was a pretty good spot. And it just seems clear that uh I've been anti the last couple of years. And every time I talk myself into them, they seem to lay an egg against a good team. So, um, you know, I think I would I would have thought I'd been doing better betting against them, but I seem to always bet bet against them when they're playing bad teams, catching a lot of points, and they just seem to be kind of big front runners that blow teams out. So, then you got to make the determination: well, is India a good team or are they a bad team? And if they're a good team, then sure, Baltimore might struggle here going on the road after a big division game. But if you don't think Indy's all that great, and I don't think their offense is good at all, then I think this would be a pretty good spot for Baltimore to bounce back and uh, potentially run up the score uh, on a fairly bad, not bad, but a, a, a fairly unimpressive Indy team here. So I think uh, under field goal here at, at two and a half is a pretty good value. And yeah, I do, as I said, alluding to the spot a little bit, I am a little worried coming off a big division game like that against the Steelers, uh, there's definitely a potential for a little bit of a letdown. But, you know, Baltimore is 5-2. and two. Harbaugh has been historically a great regular season coach that doesn't seem to have a lot of flat spots compared to, you know, even Tomlin or some other coaches. So I would think they'd bounce back strong a couple games behind Pittsburgh for the division, but they, they play them on Thanksgiving night, so they're going to want to keep pace to try to make that game more meaningful and just for the the uh the playoffs. So in this situation here, um, you know, Indy's still got the third rated defense according to DVOA, but I just think that's overinflated by the teams they've played and and uh, a couple of fortunate games as opposed to just like I don't like I when I watch them compared to like Pittsburgh or even Tampa Bay, I don't watch them and say, Wow, this defense is just unbelievable. Like last week, Detroit was having quite a bit of success against them. It was just kind of a weird fluky game. Whereas I think Baltimore actually has a pretty good defense, um, you know, like a top five-ish type defense. And then off- offensive-wise, or on, you know, on the offense, I- I'm not a big Lamar Jackson fan whatsoever, but it just seems like they, they've they got to be able to get something going or have like a breakout game here where people, you know, freak out and say, oh, you know, Baltimore's back. Look at look at what these three touchdown runs by Lamar Jackson and people get all excited about it again, whereas – Phil Rivers looks like he's about ready to to retire and be calling games from the booth. Like I, he he completed a bunch of third downs last week, like you said, and I give him credit for that. But he's just shot putting it around, and he really doesn't have much talent. Now I think Ty is hurt, and he's done nothing anyway this year. But I mean, he's throwing to Mo Alley Cox and and Naheem Hines and and Pascal, and you know, there's just there's not a whole lot of talent on that indie offense, and I don't think Rivers is 
I don't even think he's a net negative at quarterback. So in a pick em type range here, you know, not quite, but under a field goal, um, I don't think home field advantage is really matters at all. I, I, I think I'm going to go ahead and take a shot here in Baltimore and uh, think they're going to bounce back. Where are you going for your next one? Alrighty, fair enough. Um, I'm going to be going to the Raiders at Chargers and my power in this game, Chargers minus two. Look headline, Chargers two and a half. Westgate open, Chargers three. Total here open, 52 and a half. And, uh, yeah, for, for me, this was one of my surprises of the week. I'm not really sure why this line's coming down, to be honest. I mean, not that I liked it where it was, but now we're seeing a pick 'em range, uh, or, or Chargers laying one maybe at some shops, kind of a split line, but, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Chargers here. I'm, I'm going to go against the line move. I just feel like we already talked about it a little bit, but I'm not really going to upgrade Vegas a whole lot from last week. I mean, that was just kind of a, a weird, squirrely game with that the low-scoring game, I mean, whatever it was, 16-6 or whatever, yeah, super low, whatever it was, and you know, barely back into the 20s from a total score perspective. And you know, just with all that wind and everything else, just it seems like you really can't get a good read on a team or really can't judge them from, from that type of play. So, and then, you know, meanwhile, the Chargers, they keep blowing these big leads, whether it be the Saints or last week or what have you. And obviously I was on Denver against the Chargers last week is not that I really even liked it. It was more just a value play. Like I mentioned on the pod at three and a half or three, but this just seems like I, I, I don't get me wrong. I definitely do worry. That's probably the biggest worry. Some I have with this bet, which is maybe where the market's coming against them, but uh, it's just Anthony Lynn and then this Chargers team, the way they collapse. And it's not just this year. It seems like they've been doing it for, you know, the last 10 years. It just seems like that's what the Chargers do. So obviously you're you're basically asking them to win the game, which definitely is a little nerve wracking to me. But I just feel like this is just a spot here where they're just. A, I like Herbert; he's looked really good. I think he's been very consistent and very. He's, he's just a playmaker, and I definitely like. So if you have a quarterback that you tr- trust a lot in the, in this team, I think it'll be good for trying to cover perspective and try to win the game. And I feel like, uh, I mean, you kind of get tired of saying it, but they've done it now a handful of times this season. But you just feel like, okay, after that happened last week against a you know, below average type of team in Denver, it just feels like, okay, this is something where like you can't let this happen again or you're going to be more conservative or you're going to make sure, you know, people aren't going to just throw in the towel or whatever. Once they're in a lead, I think they're going to keep the foot on the pedal and be aggressive. So I feel like this is, and, and on top of that, Vegas, I think is a type of team where they're kind of a roller coaster after they get a, a win like that, a semi big win against a decent foe in, in Cleveland. I feel like they're going to be a little bit fat and happy coming. Um, you know, on the road here again, back to the Chargers. So I don't know. I think it sets up pretty good spot wise for the Chargers. You're getting out, you're already getting a lot of line value from what last week, you know, pretty much two, two and a half points, three points of line value. I feel like it's very fair. So yeah, give me, give me the Chargers pick them here. I feel like this is the right bet. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm on this game as well. And, uh, we agree. I'm oh. on the Chargers. Yeah. Do do. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I just don't, I don't get this line at all. I don't get this line movement at all. I think the only thing you could really say is just the record. And obviously, you know, the Chargers at two and five and the Raiders at four and three. But that's obviously a pretty elementary, awful way to look at it. And you look at the, the Raiders, they won that big game at the Chiefs, which was super impressive. And then you could say it's last week, but I got definitely, like you said, discounting last week. And then I guess they beat the Saints at home. And the Panthers on the road, so maybe they, are, they do have somewhat more of an impressive resume than I kind of think about in my head or give them credit for. But you look at the Chargers, and they could have easily had multiple big wins. You know, Tampa at the Saints, or at Tampa at the Saints. Last week they should have won at the Broncos, probably. They could have easily beat the Chiefs. So I think you're 
the, the Raiders are getting a lot of credit for close wins and making their record look good, and the Chargers are getting discounted for not being good because of late late uh, game shenanigans. And, you know, partially that's Anthony Lynn, who is a bad coach and is going to make bad decisions. But I, I think, I mean, where, where are the Raiders better than the Chargers at? I would say offensively, I like, I mean, other than maybe running back, but I like everything else the Chargers do more than the Raiders. You look at their uh, their offense DVOA-wise, they're 11th. Vegas is 13th. And then defensively, I think it's a huge gap. Like, I think the Chargers are kind of a middle-of-the-road to slightly above-average defense. And Vegas is ranked 31st. And that's basically, I think, what the what the eye test shows me. I mean, there's total sieve. So I think Herbert's going to have a ton of success throwing against this Raiders secondary. And I, I just don't see it. I, I think I I would lean to the over as well. At 52, I think that's a pretty fair number, uh, especially in L.A. I don't think we should have to worry about too much weather there. And, yeah, I, I just don't see how the Raiders slow it up. So I think maybe if if Carr keeps up with them, they, they could win a shootout. But I just don't see how the Chargers don't have quite a bit of success scoring against this this Vegas defense. So for me, it's a pretty easy one. If it was minus three, I think I would have a little bit of a, uh, you know, a, a thought about it and maybe go with it anyway but at pick I just think it's an absolute no-brainer so unless there's something I'm missing on this game uh yeah love love this one where are you going for your next one yeah it's funny you say that I kind of I'm, I'm most likely going to have a play as well on that over I, I'm not going to include in my five and probably I probably should have I kind of you know as we're going to the pod I when you're talking on one of your games earlier I kind of think of the same thing but I didn't have it on my just on the you know the legitimacy of the of the pot, I figure I'm not going to change it mid, you know, mid streak. But yeah, I definitely uh, like probably the this over in the game we we're just talking about. But so yeah, I'll probably be releasing play. It won't be included in my top five. But yeah, I, I definitely like the over there. I feel like that's a little, you know, pretty pretty fair price there for these two teams. But um, so my fourth fourth pick here, I'm going to go to the Miami Arizona. My power rating, Arizona minus six. Look at line, Arizona six. Westgate open, Arizona five and a half, and the total here open forty eight. And uh, obviously, like my power rating suggests, I'm going to be on Arizona here laying some points. Um, this is probably one of my weaker plays of the five that I have here to this week. It just, it's more so. It just comes down to, I, I like, I mean, nothing else is just how flaw, how flawed flawed that Miami win last week and how deceiving it was and how little Tua did. I was I wasn't too high on him last week going into last week, but I didn't really want to bet against him. And not that he was bad, but he definitely didn't do anything overwhelmingly where you're wanting to back them or excited to bet them. So I feel like Arizona here, again, coming off the bye, I think they'll be prepared here. This is like a game where that's a – I feel like you're going to be focused when you have a, a big rookie, you know, first-round draft pick type of quarterback coming to play here. I feel like it's just going to refocus you. Now you got Miami. That's definitely a, a higher-caliber team than they've been in, the, in years past. So I think this is going to be a bigger game than they're, you know, they're definitely going to get up for. So with all that being said, I just I, I think Miami's a little bit of – a little bit smoke and mirrors. I think – I think – uh just I don't know. Like I said, when you don't trust the quarterback a whole lot, I, I feel like how much longer the defense dominated last game. They had all those turnovers, but I think a lot of that's random. And if you just look to the box score against the Rams last week, it's just very, very fluky, and that, that's not going to continue. So just basically betting against that, I think, is is a good theory in, in all. But I think I'm also a little bit higher on Arizona than the markets too. So obviously, like my power rate suggests, I think that's just be closer to a touchdown rather than closer to a field goal. So. Again, don't like the number, which is why I'm not don't like it as much. I do think this number might come down though, so I don't think there's any rush to bet it. But uh, yeah, if this ever gets to three, I think I'll be uh, I'll be all in on Arizona for sure. But 
Um, even at four, I'll definitely uh, have a de- you know bet on it. But I think, like I said, it might come down. You maybe get three and a half or even a flat four. But right now, it looks like the market's at four and a half. So that's where we're going to play it at for the current number at the pod. But uh, like I said, maybe wait on this one to bet it. Yeah, um, I'm actually involved in this one as well. Oh. And uh, we're going head to head. Okay. I uh, I agree that the the Miami win was pretty fraudulent last week with special teams. Goff was just awful, and Tua was about as unimpressive as he could possibly be in a debut game where you win by uh, double digits. So definitely not going crazy with uh, Tua mania by any means. And I would probably even like this more if Fitzmagic was still the quarterback because I think there is a little bit of an unknown risk with Tua about what exactly you're going to get out of him. I think there's a little bit of upside with him, but also just a lot of downside if he looks like he did last week because he looked pretty lost for the most part. But I'm I'm not – I don't think Arizona's defense is all that good, and I don't think they're going to give him a ton of issues or make him, you know, force him into too many rookie mistakes. So I think he'll be able to do okay. And there's something about Arizona that I just think – I feel like they're overrated. I know you said you're a little higher on them than than the market and – I don't know. There's, I think they're kind of like a flashy, sexy fantasy team, but I think their five and two records a little overinflated too. I just don't think they're. I think they're a pretty middle road, middle of the road team that has a lot of flashy weapons, but I don't really trust them to to win games and especially win games by a margin. So I think in a game here uh, where you're catching four and a half, it, uh, it just seems like a pretty fair price. Where I think. I wouldn't say it's going to be a coin flip game or an either or game, but um, I I think it will kind of be a back and forth game. I just don't really trust Arizona to blow people out. And conversely, I think even if they're up ten, I don't. I think that Miami'd have a decent chance of coming through and getting getting through the back door. So I think Arizona had a coming off a bye is you know obviously good for them, and then they had that good win against Seattle on Sunday night that was just kind of a crazy back and forth 37-34 game. And then they played the Cowboys with Dalton, who looked awful, and then the Jets the week before, and then obviously they're barely even an NFL team, and then had a couple of pair of losses before that to the Panthers and Lions. So I think Arizona is a, a little bit of a paper tiger here. I think it's kind of, other than the win against Seattle, which you definitely got to give them credit for, uh, I think the rest of their schedule is a little bit, a little bit thin. So I could be totally wrong on this one, and like you said, this is one of my least favorite of my picks. The other ones are pretty, so I've pretty much been in love with so far, but this one definitely falls off a cliff, and I, I like it a little bit, but uh, not one I'm going to go nuts on. So, yeah, take uh, Miami in this one. All right, what about All your right. last one? Head to head there. Yep. Um, are we my last one, one on the year? Or no, I'm doing so, yeah. one. one. I'm not really sure. Got enough stuff to keep track of. That's, you got to keep track of that on you. Um, <laughs> I know. I think I, right. I won the first two, but then you got the last one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so yeah, my fifth and final game here for the pod. Let me go over to looks like the Sunday night game, New Orleans at Tampa Bay. I'm uh, power rating here, Tampa Bay minus four. Look headline, Tampa Bay four and a half. Westgate open, Tampa Bay four and a half. And the total here open fifty four and a half. I'm on the side here. No totals for me on the on the five. I'm on this uh, five picks. I'm definitely looking towards the Saints here. Uh, I know I bet against them last week. I know you did as well, but I've really wanted to bet against this Tampa team. I think they're a little bit overrated. We kind of saw that last week on Monday night. I guess a couple days ago. It feels like last week, but yeah, a couple days ago on Monday night. 
against the the Giants and laying you know doubles there on the road just wasn't justified. And I already talked about that last week on the pod how that's one of my better bets and that one you know they almost won the game, lost the game outright. But I think coming from this perspective for this game, I'm glad they didn't win or they they didn't lose because I think if they would have lost, this number would be coming you know quite a bit cheaper. I feel like them holding off the Giants there, I feel like this kind of holds this number in check to an extent. Um, unfortunately, if we did this you know, a day or two ago it was. Or I guess yesterday, early yesterday, it was, it was five and a half. So you're losing a little bit of value. I was hoping to get a six, but now it's looking like it's turning the other way at you know four and a half. So don't like that. Or you're losing a little bit of value, but just you know like a bet and just losing a point and a half through a pretty dead number. I'm not going to just completely leave, leave the bet. So I think still some value here at four and a half New Orleans. I, I feel like it's. I don't think it's going to go back up. I feel like it's going to kind of sit right here. I don't really see it going down. Maybe maybe closes at four, but. I don't see it getting, you know, too much out of whack and where it is now. So I feel like it's fair to bet it right now. New Orleans plus four and a half. I just feel like they're, it just seems like a field goal type of game. I just don't feel like it should be much higher than that. And I think, like I said, Tampa Bay is a little bit overrated here. And the, the Saints have been not very flashy. And I think they're getting a lot of disrespect because of Breeze. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they've, they've, they've been okay. And again, I'm not in love with them by any stretch. I think I'm, just, uh, I, I, I like New Orleans better, or a little, I like Tampa Bay less than I like New Orleans is what it comes down to, but I don't really don't like either of these two teams, but like I said, it's just basically a value perspective. I feel like you're getting a little bit of value around New Orleans, so it's as simple as that. So, yeah, my fifth and final pick, New Orleans plus four and a half. Alright, um, yeah, we're, uh, going head to head again here. <laughs> oh boy, let's um, go. This, yeah, this one, another one where I'm not in love with it by any means. Uh, but I just, I feel like betting against the New Orleans team every time you can the rest of the year is going to return value. And you could, you, you could probably make the case yourself that you might think the same is true with Tampa. But I just, I don't know. I think Tampa kind of just slept walked through that game against the Giants and just did the bare minimum to win and did it and got out. And I think they might have been looking ahead to this game. You know, they, they lost, uh, week one. I think this is, uh, no, Tampa's lost two games, but this was their the big loss to start the season. I they lost the Bears on that Thursday nighter, but um, I think they're going to be looking for revenge. Huge game, obviously, for the division. If uh, Tampa at six and two, New Orleans five and two. If New Orleans wins that, then they have the tiebreaker, winning both head to heads against Tampa. So I think Tampa uh, really might have been preparing this game for two weeks, figuring they could just sleepwalk by get through the Giants on uh, Monday night there. So in a revenge spot, coming home here, and then uh, New Orleans conversely. Yeah, sure they want to win, but I mean they're off four wins, and and that like don't get me wrong, they're going to be plenty motivated for the division game too. But I just feel like, I mean, sure give Breeze credit, and they've been able to manufacture points, so I will give them credit for that. But I just feel like their offense is not nearly as explosive as Tampa's offense, and then defensively, I mean Tampa. Their DVRA rated number one defense in the league, and I'd probably say Pittsburgh's the best defense, but I think Tampa's right there. Um, their secondary is spectacular. Then their their run defense has been pretty good, even with that uh, defensive tackle out. So New Orleans is a team that doesn't want to run the ball, or can't really run the ball all that well, and can't throw downfield. I feel like with all the, the athletes that Tampa has on their defense, they're just going to bring everybody up to the line and try to force Breeze to beat them deep, and I don't think he's going to be able to do it against a pretty good ball hockey secondary. So to me, it's kind of a matchup deal, also a little bit of a revenge angle. And like I said, I think Tampa might have been looking forward to this game. So 
never really loved laying four and a half, but uh, I think in this spot it's fairly warranted. And I just think the the Saints, whether it be this week or sometime in the near future here, I think they're going to have a, a crash down to earth game and just look really bad. And then people have already, like you said, been murmuring about Breeze's loss of uh, of zip on the ball and ability to throw the ball downfield. But I think the chatter is really going to get going when they have a down game. And I think there's a decent chance it uh, it could be this week. And then I'm not to, not that you'd make a bet based on this, but I know Kamara's been banged up. And uh, they said it's not a big deal, but you never know. Whenever you see somebody jump on the injury report like that, especially when he's like the only offensive weapon they have left <laughs> with with Michael Thomas being out. Uh, if he was ruled out, I think that would be a real, even though I think running backs are significantly overvalued for the most part. I think with him, he's so dynamic in the passing game and the running game. He's essentially their only weapon they got left. I think that would actually be a huge hit if if something did trend in the negative direction there. So. I said, don't love it, but uh, yeah, Tampa's going to be my last one there. You want to go ahead and run through your five real quick here before I do our pick of the week? Absolutely. Chicago plus six, Houston minus six and a half, uh, LA Chargers at a pick 'em, Arizona minus four and a half, and New Orleans plus four and a half. All right. Yeah, I got Chicago plus six with you, Baltimore minus two and a half, Chargers pick with you, Miami plus four and a half against you, and Tampa. Minus or Miami, Miami plus four and a half against you, and Tampa minus four and a half against you. So, all right, um, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap up the pod and do our pick of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right, so last week I had the Bears and you had the Bengals. We were both winners, and that gets us both to five and two. I want to learn more comfortably, so I just get more points, right? <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> um, I think I had the T box last week because you were relieved when I didn't pick Cincinnati as my pick. So I think I still have the T box this week. And kind of like we talked about last week, I, I love the card quite a bit last week and I, I like it again here. At least not a ton of stuff that I love, but I love like three of them quite a bit. Um, you know, I'm going to, I hate bucking money in the market. Fact is going that direction is kind of weird, but I think I'm going to take the uh, the Chargers at a pick. I just I, I just think they're a better team than the Raiders. Yeah, so that's for all the reasons we said before. Uh, that's that's the way I'm going to go. Where are you looking? Yeah, that was mine. That's where I was the most confident in. I will do a quick. Uh, where do I want to go? Hmm. Took my pick. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to take the, just from a numbers perspective, where it's currently sitting in the market, I think I'm going to go ahead and take, uh, let's take that Chicago plus six. Let's go and use that there against Tennessee. I think that's probably my next conf- most confident bet here this week. Yeah, those are the main two I was debating between. So maybe just parlay those two together and uh, roll with the, the AS pick of the week this week. That's right. All right, any concluding thoughts on uh, the, the week nine pod? No, I'm pretty excited here. Just, I mean, it's pretty much a done deal for this election, but I just kind of want to. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to get finalized and get the money in my account here for uh, for for the winner. That's for sure. But yeah, it's kind of, like I said, pretty pretty interesting time here with everything going on. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, always been nice when when the tickets cash and the money sitting in the account, as opposed to thinking it's a sure thing, but you never know with any type of litigation or whatever that can go on. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All the shenanigans, you never know. <laughs> well, hopefully we know by next week when we're doing the Week 10 pod. 
We'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that uh, that sounds good. That'll do it. So yeah, uh, we'll see which way that goes, and should be uh, should be a fun week of football here. So best of luck to everybody uh, in their week nine bets, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. Check out aronsports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.